Hey guys, I'm Sage, and this is the Iconic Dollcast. On this podcast, I'll be talking about iconic dolls and their cultural impact over time. As a longtime doll collector, I thought it would be interesting to go back and research all about the dolls that I had growing up. This includes everything from Barbie to Britney, all the way to American Girls, and so much more. I specialize in making customized versions of the Britney Spears doll. If you haven't yet, give me a follow on Instagram, Britney Spears Custom Dolls, on TikTok, Britney Spears Dolls, and Twitter, B Spears Dolls. You can also follow the official podcast Instagram, Iconic Dollcast. Hey, hello everyone. Thank you for being here today with the Iconic Dollcast. My name is Sage, and today we are going to get into Bratz dolls. <laughs> um, I talked a little bit about Bratz on my last episode about Barbie, and we're going to really deep dive into it today. So just a little background history. I did not have any Bratz dolls when I was growing up. I think... When Bratz came out, I mean, I know they were a cultural phenomenon that just blew up and took over the world. Um, But for me, I think when Bratz dolls came out, I just wasn't as interested in collecting dolls as I had when I was younger. Obviously, as an adult, I began collecting dolls again, but I, I just missed the whole Bratz craze. And The only reason I can think of that that happened is, well, one, I was super interested in the Britney Spears doll, uh, like in 2001, and I also was, you know, kind of had a little bit of a falling out with Barbie. (laughs) Um, Not that I didn't like her, but I do remember feeling like Barbie got just a little bit boring in the early 2000s, and so, you know, my interest shifted for a little while, and... I I totally missed out on them, but I do remember just how in our face Bratz dolls were. I remember the commercials, I seeing them all the time. I remember the TV show that came out. I remember when the movies came out. I I, I really remember the discussion around Bratz, especially around the controversies. Bratz dolls, I feel like, were always in the news. There was always something going on with Bratz dolls, whether it was... You know, the criticism of them being too sexy, (laughs) which I don't agree with. Or obviously, you know, in my point of view, I did always see Bratz as a doll line that was put out to directly compete with Barbie. And I, I, I do remember when Bratz first came out, I thought they were created by Mattel and Barbie. And I was like, oh, that's interesting that Barbie is trying something new. But then obviously later I found out, no, that's not the case. Bratz dolls are a completely separate entity. And I'm pretty sure I found this out because I started to notice, um, you know, even though I wasn't collecting dolls as much, I was still looking at them. Like, do not get me wrong. I, I may not have been as open about my obsession with Barbie, but I was still keeping my eyes on her. And I think 
what really showed me that, you know, brats are not the same thing as Barbie was all these weird Barbie doll lines came out during this time. And one of them was called like Barbie Flavors. It's so just God awful. <laughs> just the most, honestly, one of the most embarrassing moves Mattel has ever made. And then there was the Mycene dolls. And I had a Lindsay Lohan doll that I think was considered a Mycene doll. I'm not totally sure. But yeah, that I, I found I found out pretty quickly, like, oh, okay, so for sure, Bratz dolls and Barbie hate each other. <laughs> but I remember when Bratz and Mattel really went after each other and seeing that on the news and hearing about, you know, all the lawsuits and all the drama between the creators. But I don't know, for some reason I just wasn't into them. And I'm so excited to say that I do have my first Bratz dolls that I purchased a few weeks ago. In my next episode, I'm going to be talking with Nina Kimberly, and she is a big Bratz doll collector. And I actually recorded my interview with her um, before I'm recording this. So in that interview, I do talk about how I don't have any and I really want to go buy some. And I did. I went to Target and I found the re-release of the original line. And I ended up getting Sasha and Chloe. They're super cute. I'm so glad I got them. Um, they were also on sale, which was nice. So I didn't have to pay, you know, the $24.99 that they usually cost. I think I got them for like $16 each, which was awesome. But yeah, it's been cool. I remember Bratz, you know, they were everywhere. They took over the toy aisles at Target for a while. And then, I mean, these dolls are so incredibly eye-catching. I, I, They're so unique. And especially at the time, you know, there was no other doll line out there that represented such a, you know diverse amount of characters you know Barbie had her friends and stuff but I, I just I feel like they were never in the stores as much as she was and with these Bratz dolls you you would go into the toy aisle and you would see these really I mean strange looking dolls I, and I don't mean strange in a bad way um unique looking dolls and they they were all, all different kinds of races they clearly had different ethnic backgrounds and I didn't get into them, but I really do remember thinking, these are pretty cool. This is pretty neat that, you know, this exists finally. And then I also remember when Brat Styles really kind of went out of style and, you know, just witnessing in real time the dwindling of product that was available. And I, I really didn't understand why. And obviously now I do. There's so much drama with the Brat Styles. There was... You know, they came They came out, they were so popular, and then all of a sudden they were just kind of like disappearing from stores, and I didn't really understand why, but, you know, now it turns out there was just so much legal drama. Mattel took ownership of the company for a while. They were going to put out their own Bratz dolls, so the original Bratz dolls had to get pulled from shelves, and then more lawsuits, and Mattel didn't end up releasing their version of the doll. And then I do remember also when Bratz dolls kind of came out in a higher quality, more like collector's type way. Um, we'll get into all that. But yeah, I mean, I Bratz dolls are so iconic. I think this is the first doll line that I'm talking about on here that I really didn't have a ton of knowledge about. And so when I researched them, I just, I was really intrigued and I mean also confused the the back and forth between the companies is crazy but I learned a lot so um I'm really excited to share this stuff with you guys I hope you enjoy it um I hope you're enjoying this podcast in general 
And yeah, let's get into the Bratz dolls. All right, so on May 21st, 2001, MGA Entertainment released the first set of Bratz dolls. The first set includes the characters Sasha, Chloe, Yasmin, and Jade. The dolls are extremely different from Barbie and have a very unique look with over-exaggerated features and a very current, for 2001, fashion style. Bratz were created by a man named Carter Bryant in August 2000, and he pitched his idea to MGA in 2001. We're going to get into his story a little bit later because it's definitely one of the most important aspects to the Bratz brand. Bratz are the first mass-produced doll line to prominently feature dolls with multicultural and ethnic differences. 75% of the Bratz dolls have Asian, African American, or Latin characteristics, and Chloe is the only white girl of the group. This is super, super important. We talked about it a ton in my last two episodes, but Barbie and Mattel have struggled for years at this point to come up with making the Barbie brand more inclusive. And for the first time, little girls and boys who weren't white could have easy access to a doll they could connect with in a way they could not with Barbie. Instead of the typical bubbly and pink aesthetic of Barbie, Bratz were super trendy and relevant to the times. They had a more urban-themed style and accessories, and unlike Barbie, there was no leader of the pack. Barbie had her friends, but we all know how front and center she is on all the merchandise. This was not the case with Bratz dolls, and this is something that really helped them take off when they were released in the summer of 2001. The thing I love about Bratz dolls is how cartoonish they look, and that is not an insult. I mean, it's honestly, from my point of view, a compliment. It's very much like a fantasy land that the Bratz live in, and I think this was a good move because, as we talked about in the Barbie episode, these are dolls. They should help children learn about imagination and the difference between real life and fantasy life. They aren't real people, and these dolls don't come across trying to look as human-like as Barbie does. It's interesting. I guess the head of MGA, um, I believe his name is Isaac Larian, he did not like the way the Bratz dolls looked initially, and neither did the other designers or toy distributors. He thought they looked like aliens and was pretty much ready to let the idea go. Fortunately, after showing them to his daughter, she told him she liked them and thought they were cool. Larian realized the brand potential and the ability they would have to sell these dolls to a preteen audience in addition to the regular Barbie demographic. He definitely knew what he was doing, and Bratz came in hot. In 2001 and 2002, Bratz won the Toy of the Year award and ended up taking in 40% of the doll sales. Barbie was still at 60%, but this is the first time I think Mattel ever truly felt threatened by a competing doll line. Several spin-off Bratz doll lines were also released to help boost sales. This included mini Bratz dolls, boy Bratz dolls, Bratz kids, baby Bratz, and even a Bratz pet line. Much like Barbie, Bratz had a very extravagant amount of accessories and playsets to go with them. MGA really wanted to set themselves apart from Barbie and therefore gave Bratz doll what they seemed to think was a much cooler lifestyle compared to Barbie's, and their playsets included more exciting themes and items like... Disco sets, karaoke and sushi bars, salons, spas, limos, retro cafes, and even a playset modeled after an entire mall. To be fair, I think Barbie has definitely ventured into several of these themes and also made quite a name for herself as a career girl, but Bratz really went in a much more modern way for their dolls, playsets, and accessories, and it it was just all new. You know, Barbie was getting kind of boring. It was just kind of like the same thing over and over again, and when Bratz came out, I mean, everything was just brand new and stuff like... 
play sets and accessories that I had never seen before. It was really cool. In 2003, the first Bratz animated movie came out, and in 2007, the first live-action movie was released. They've since made something like 15 different Bratz-related movies, and I'm pretty sure some of the music even charted and received Emmy nominations, which is crazy. Let's not forget about the iconic animated Bratz TV show either. These girls were a total vibe. Basically, with Bratz, MGA did it. They came in and conquered the toy world just the way they were intended to. I think Bratz were super innovative, and even though I didn't get into collecting them as much um, when I was a kid, I definitely appreciate what they are and the pretty phenomenal message of inclusion that they can send to kids. A lot of parents at the time weren't on board with the Bratz dolls, though. Conservative American parents in 2001 ripped these dolls apart. Many of them felt the dolls portrayed an over-sexualized image with their heavy makeup, sassy attitude, and sexy clothing. But as I said in the Barbie episode, while I do understand some concerns um, parents may have with dolls and what they look like, I wish they'd remember it's a doll, especially with brats. Kids are definitely realizing that these dolls are not real people, and I don't think a doll's image, especially one with such inclusion and a strong positive message, can affect the way a child grows up negatively. If anything, these dolls are tools to teach creativity and imagination. They aren't teaching kids how to be materialistic, and they certainly are not teaching them to be sluts. I get so heated about this, and it just it just may be because I wasn't raised that way. My grandparents loved that I played with dolls, and honestly, they never had to explain to me that dolls weren't real and I shouldn't aspire to be like them. Like, duh. You know, people don't give kids enough credit, and I think all the negative criticism that dolls like Barbie and Bratz receive is just irresponsible parents projecting their insecurities onto a doll rather than confronting them themselves. Anyways, sorry, I I really do get so fired up about this. Basically, some parents hated the Bratz and gave them unreasonable criticism based on their looks, but it doesn't matter because over 125 million Bratz dolls have been sold. So, yeah. Aside from criticism, like I said, Bratz were doing really, really well and really well received by most children and adults. And guess what? They honestly were on their way to get ahead of Barbie in doll sales. Everything was going well and everything seems to be going great, but it's impossible to do an episode about Bratz without talking about all the lawsuits MGA got involved with and how that really affected everything. Guys, I am not a lawyer. This is a crazy story, and I'm going to try and sum this up as best as I can, but the battle between MGA and Mattel is intense and super confusing. There's so much back and forth that I had to read into this a few times before I fully understood, but I'm going to try and explain this as best as possible. So, earlier I mentioned Carter Bryant, who was the creator of Bratz. He came up with the Bratz idea in 2000 and pitched the idea to Isaac Larian and MGA Entertainment in 2001. The thing is, Carter Bryant actually worked for Mattel in the Barbie design department when all this happened, which you can imagine created quite a bit of drama. What's crazy, though, is that this wasn't a known fact by Mattel executives until a few years later. As Bratz dolls began flying off the shelves, Mattel needed to come up with a plan to help Barbie's sales to try and stay on top, and this is where their Mycene doll line was released. In 2002, Mattel released their rebuttal Mycene doll line to directly compete with Bratz. 
Though there's, you know, a few differences between the dolls, there's also a very strong resemblance. I think Mycene dolls were taller and had a little bit more of, I want to say, a backstory, but they look really similar and overall have the same kind of vibe, in my opinion. (laughs) There was also a Barbie doll line called Flavas that was released to complete with Bratz. These dolls are... So embarrassing and irrelevant. Look them up and we'll just leave it at that. But I mean, basically Mattel was like, no, 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 no. We will be the number one doll. Bratz, MGA, whoever, they're not going to take us down. And ultimately these, these uh, like revenge doll lines, they, they didn't end up working out that well. And I, like I said, super embarrassing. Anyways, Mattel was not ready to back down. In April 2004, Mattel filed a lawsuit against Bratz creator Carter Bryant after they found out he was actually the one who created them. The claim said that Bryant violated his contract for Mattel because he pitched the idea of Bratz while he was still working for them. In response, Carter Bryant countersued Mattel and said that his contract with Mattel was too broad to be enforced and said that when he came up with the idea, he was actually on an eight-month contract break from Mattel when he put everything together and, I guess, pitched it to the other company. In 2005, MGA Entertainment got involved um, because they were pissed. I mean, they're, they're accusing this guy of stealing an idea from Barbie and giving it to MGA, so... Whether, whether that's true or not, we will find out. <laughs> um, in 2005, MGA got involved and filed their own lawsuit against Mattel for their Mycene dolls, claiming they were a direct ripoff of Bratz dolls and that Mattel was participating in shady business that kind of promoted unfair competition. As the next three years went on with the lawsuits, Bratz sales and availability began to decrease and started getting pulled off the shelves. In 2008, the courts determined that Carter Bryant had, indeed, violated his contract with Mattel, and as a result, Mattel was given the rights to Bratz and also received $100 million in damages. MGA Entertainment was ordered to recall all Bratz products and to destroy any prototypes, molds, or anything used to create the dolls. This didn't end up fully happening because... While a new line of Bratz was being conceptualized by the now owners at Mattel, MGA released a replacement doll line known as Moxie Girls while they could figure out what to do because they were not ready to give up what they had built with the Bratz brand. Before Mattel could release their own version of the Bratz dolls, MGA filed an appeal against the original lawsuit and the decision was reversed. MGA had their Bratz dolls backs, distributors were allowed to carry them again, and Mattel's version of the Bratz were never released. I believe this decision um, was reversed because there was some loophole in Carter Bryant's contract with Mattel that didn't claim ownership over an idea. And technically, he didn't do anything aside from giving a concept to MGA. There was no prototypes, drawings, or even samples for his idea. And I don't know, like I said, I'm not a lawyer, and this is super hard to follow, but basically, MGA lost and then regained their rights to the Bratz because the courts didn't feel that that Mattel could claim ownership over an idea. Okay, so now that MGA has won the battle... um, Mattel ended up having to pay $85 million to MGA for the damages the Bratz doll faced because of the lawsuits. And the courts actually found that Mattel was the ones who were up to no good, and they were stealing trade secrets from MGA. Yikes. 
And you know what? I'm assuming this is how they found out that Carter Bryant was involved with the Bratz doll. The point is, MGA got their rights to Bratz back and all is well until... <laughs> and don't worry, guys, Mattel comes back. But in the meantime, during Carter Bryant's testimony, he was quoted as saying that the Bratz dolls were inspired by some Steve Madden fashion campaign ads that he had seen in a magazine. The photo campaigns featured women with photoshopped features to make their heads bigger and to exaggerate their looks. Well, in 2009, photographer Bernard Belair filed an infringement lawsuit against both MGA and Mattel because he says Bratz was his idea. If his campaign is where Carter Bryant got his idea for the dolls, technically he should be the owner and have all the rights to the Bratz franchise. Fairly sure this didn't work out in his favor and the court sided with MGA, but that's just a little in-between because, like I said, Mattel is coming back. So, in 2011, remember how Mattel ended up having to pay MGA $85 million in damages? Well... MGA did not feel like that was enough to make up for the alleged $1 billion loss the brand faced during the first legal battle. This went on, and again, the courts sided with MGA, which resulted in Mattel having to pay MGA a total of $310 million in damages they caused. Wow, I'm sorry guys, that was so much. (laughs) I cannot believe how intense this shit is. But it sounds like Mattel honestly should have just maybe figured out how to be more diverse with their doll line instead of trying to steal the Bratz dolls. That's what they were doing, in my opinion. Um, But instead got themselves involved in a lawsuit that was victorious at first, but ended up costing them $310 million. So, you know, next time Mattel maybe think things through a little bit better. No shade to Barbie, but um, Mattel is brutal. We talked about this in the last episode with um, the whole Barbie and the Rockers thing. Mattel does not want someone to beat Barbie, and I get that. I I respect that work ethic, but when you're competing with another doll brand that is selling well because they are diverse and they do reach a bigger market, you'd think they would just try and figure out their own thing instead of one, saying someone stole this from you when it doesn't sound like they did. And two, releasing totally embarrassing like copycat doll lines to try and compete with it. Like you need to be original. You need to have your own ideas to be successful. And it just sounds like Mattel totally fucked this. That was a lot. We got to move on. Um, In 2012, MGA, the Bratz doll company, sued Lady Gaga for $10 million, claiming that the pop star's fashion caused major and deliberate delays of a doll based on her image. That's really random and weird. I, I didn't find any, I didn't care to find anything else out about it. I do think there was like a Lady Gaga inspired doll release, like at least 10 years ago that involved her like as the skeleton in Born This Way. But I don't know if that was through MGA, probably, but that's probably what this is about, but I'm not sure. Um, and then, and this one is pretty bad. Um, in 2006, it was revealed that Bratz dolls were being produced in sweatshops in China and that women workers were forced to work seven days a week for 94 hours and were only making 57 cents an hour and workers were only paid 17 cents per doll they assembled. The workers were also denied sick days, health insurance, as well as coverage for work injuries. Yikes. When this news broke in January 2007, more than 4,000 workers went on strike halting the production of Bratz dolls. 
Something like this could honestly get its own episode. This is intense. Um, Workers were routinely asked to lie during inspections with corporations about working conditions and allegedly given cheat sheets to train them on how to fool people monitoring the facilities. Jeez, this like really took a big turn. Um, This is a super bummer. I've been like this whole time I've been rooting for brats and this just really turned things around for me. CEO Isaac Larian denied these claims and said workers were provided with first-rate factories to produce Bratz dolls, which seems questionable, but I really cannot find any answers of what the outcome was. Either way, if this is true, this is absolutely disgusting, and this has turned out to be quite a loaded episode. Ah, Okay. After all these lawsuits and controversies, Bratz dolls began to fade out and were rebranded as a higher-tier quality doll for collectors. And in 2021, the original lineup was re-released in stores and are near replicas of the original dolls, and I hear they're doing pretty well. I actually did my interview for my next episode before I recorded this one, so (laughs) it's a little confusing. In the next episode, I hadn't gotten a brat stall yet, but after I talked with my guest, Nina Kimberly, I was just like so excited about them. So I heard about these re-releases, so I was really excited to go pick one of those up. So I actually got two of them. I got Sasha and Chloe, um, and they're really cute. I'm so bummed I wasn't into these when I was little because they're honestly really cool dolls. Even with their dip in popularity in the last 10 years, Bratz have stayed pretty relevant in pop culture. In 2019, the Bratz Challenge went viral on social media. This is when a bunch of YouTubers and influencers started doing makeup tutorials and transformation videos that made them look like Bratz dolls and gave the dolls a brand new revival. And, I mean, has obviously led up to them coming back to stores and being pretty successful. All right, guys, so that was my episode about Bratz. (laughs) A lot to take in, a lot of information. I totally understand if you're confused, because I am confused as well. But say what you want about the Bratz dolls, but they are very, very iconic. It's very cool to see them back in style (laughs) these days in the year 2022. That's very exciting. And this was a really interesting doll line to research. Like I said, I did not have Bratz dolls growing up. I think... um, When Bratz came out, I was at a point in my life where I wasn't as into collecting dolls as I was when I was younger. And as I am now as an adult, I was kind of in that transition phase where I didn't know, like, should I be playing with dolls? Should I be collecting dolls? I don't know. Middle school's weird. (laughs) But learning about these dolls was so cool. I, Like I said, I think this is the only doll line from this season of the iconic doll cast that I didn't already know a lot of information about. So I had a lot of fun learning about them. And um, like I said, I got my first Bratz dolls a couple weeks ago and I love them. They're so cute. The quality is awesome. They look just like they did in the stores when I was, you know, 11, 12, I don't know, whatever, however old I was when they came out in 2001, but I love them. So Next time on the Iconic Dollcast, I'm going to be talking with Nina Kimberly, and she runs the Instagram, TikTok, YouTube account, chocolate.dolly with an I underscore collection. And Nina is a big Bratz doll fan. She has tons of Bratz dolls and tons of knowledge about them. And our conversation was so much fun. I learned so much from her. And speaking with her was an absolute blast. So, 
tune in for that next week. Until then, if you guys are enjoying this, please subscribe. Give me a five-star review. And follow me on Instagram, Britney Spears Custom Dolls and Iconic Dollcast. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank <laughs> you.